All right, Jabo good evening, good evening. Let us begin with some beautiful Gemara ahead of us tonight. So we're picking off on Tesvav on the base 15b, and we're picking up, we're picking up um, at the two dots. Amarab Tevi, Kara Velo Diktek Bosio Sel. So it's about uh, two. 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, about 18 lines up from the bottom. So remember again, the Mishnah said, What happens if one reads Kriyashma, but uh, he was not careful. He was not careful with the articulation of the words. So remember again there, the Mishnah also records the Machbolkas as to whether or not one is Yotze the Mitzvah. So Rabbi Tavi Am Rabbi Yoshia, Halacha Kedir Eshtem Lahaka, Rabbi Tavi Am Rabbi Yoshia, that the halacha follows both of the opinions in the Mishnah, ultimately, again, to be makel, for lenient purposes. Now, Rashi points out here, what does this mean? Number one, halacha Number one, that the halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda, that bidi eved, if you do not hear the words of Shema, you say it, but you don't hear what you're saying, that ultimately, again, you'll still be Yosei. And the halacha is like Rabbi Yossi, that even if you are not careful with the articulation of the words, ultimately, again, you are still Yosei. Okay, but Rabbi Tavi, I'm Rabbi Yosha. My dechsev was a beautiful gemara. Rabbi Tavi said, "Rabbi Yosha, what's the meaning of the pasuk? Shalosh heina lotis sabana shaol vaotzer rechem." So we'll say the gemara over here is quoting the pasuk from Mishlei. So the pasuk says as follows: Literally, again, there are three things. There are three things that are never satiated. Right? What are they? Shaol. Shaol means the grave. Otzer rechem, the the narrow part of the womb. And Aretz, and the land, and the earth. So what does this mean? Says the Gemara. I don't understand why, what's, the, what's the calm denominator amongst these things over here? What's the comparison ultimately again between the Sha'ol, literally again the grave, and the womb? Just like the womb takes in, right? It takes in, again, the zera, the semen of the, of the man, a mozi, and ultimately, again, ultimately, again, births out the child. Af sho'ol machnis umozi. It's incredible. So to the grave, the grave takes in, and also at a certain point will birth. Will birth something. So they both say, so obviously, what is this a reference to? It's a reference to the resurrection of the dead. Tchiyas HaMesim. Tchiyas HaMesim, Mashiach. Right, so incredible. Follow the Ram Kavachomer. The Gemara says Kavachomer. What's the Kavachomer? Uma rechem shemachnisin ba bechashay motzin mimenu bekoli kolos. So the the womb, right, which takes in ultimately quietly, right, but yet again when it births the baby, it's done with a lot of noise, right? Koli kolos, a lot of cries. Shaol shemachnisin ba bekoli kolos. The grave, which takes in with a lot of noise, crying, crying. Certainly, again, when the grave, so to speak, births something, that's also going to be, again, with much noise. And this Gemara is for people who try to reject the notion of who say that there's no such concept as resurrection of the dead. Now, obviously, this is not a Pasuk, this is not a Pasuk from the Chumash, it's a Pasuk in Mishlei, but nevertheless, it's a Pasuk in Tanakh, and from this Pasuk in Tanakh, you see a scriptural allusion to the concept of Tchias HaMesim. This, in general, is part of an interesting discussion about, in general, in the Torah, you'll find no references to Mashiach, and no references to Tchias HaMesim, or things like that. You'll find veiled references to it. So, in general, which is interesting, given something that is so core, 
and central to our belief system, yet it's not, it's not, you, you're not going to find it. And the Chumash, Risham Shnafal Hirsch has a beautiful insight. He explains that's because Judaism is a very much like a life-centric religion. That really, we, if you notice again, the Torah, right, we believe in the world to come, right? And where in the Torah does it talk about the world to come? The answer is, it doesn't. It doesn't. Torah doesn't, which is so interesting, right? The belief in an afterlife in the world to come is like one of the core, Rambam's core principles, and yet you will not find it in the Chumash, says Rosh Hashanah because again, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't want us focusing on the next life. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us focusing on this world, how to maximize this life. Judaism is a life-affirming religion. Rosh Hashanah is very interesting. He says, that's why you'll notice, it's always interesting that he's, he explains, he says, churches, whenever you see churches, you'll often find a cemetery attached to a church. He says, shuls, you will never find that. You'll find it, by the way, like in Eastern Europe, but that, that, that's because of issues of land ownership, right? That's often because Jewish communities were only allowed to own a certain amount of land, so you had to use the same land for everything. So he says, why is it? Why is it that shuls don't, just historically didn't have cemeteries attached? Because again, we are a life-affirming religion. You know, we, we, we see this. We see this contemporarily. We see this in this current struggle that Clyde saw. You, know, you, you, you look at the fundamental difference between, between Am Yisrael and Hamas. What's the fun? Like, if you want to just drill down to the core of it, one is a culture of life and one is a culture of death. That's it. That's it. So in other words, if, if, your, whole, if, if your whole glorification of life is nothing to do with this world, but it's whatever you think is waiting for you after, you know, you, you kill yourself, you blow yourself up. So again, it creates a whole... Meanwhile, for us, for us, everything, everything is about the preservation of life. Everything is about the affirmation of life. It's incredible. Incredible. So therefore, again, you'll find the scriptural allusion to Tchiyas Mesim, but you won't really find any psukim devoting all that much time to the world to come or to the Yemosa Mashiach. Because wants us to focus on maximizing this life. Incredible. Tanir Aboshia Kamei Uksaftam. Bosik says Uksaftam. So remember again, this is talking about the Uksaftam Al Mezuzos Beisach Bisharach, the obligation to write a Mezuzah. So the Gemara says, Hakol Biksav. Ultimately, again, when writing the parashios for, for Tfilin or for Mezuzos, you have to include the entire section. Even the Psukim themselves that are the command to write. Mezuzos and to write tefillin, those psukim themselves are included. Amalei, Damar Chamani, whose opinion is this? Rabbi Hudehi, Damar Gabi Sota, Alos Kosev Tzavaos Eno Kosev. Right. Ultimately, again, Rabbi Huda holds that by Sota. Remember, again, Sota is the one who's suspected of adultery, and it's a little bit more of, of an intricate process than that. But Lamaisa, remember, you take the section of the parashas Sota. You write on a piece of parchment, you dissolve it in the water, and she drinks the water. On that parchment. We write the curses. Alos kosev savos. The actual instructions you don't write. Vahasam hu alos. That's because by Sulta, the Torah itself says you write the curses on the piece of parchment. Aval hacha dechsev uksavtom afilut savos nami. So we'll say that's the distinction by Sulta. It says you only write the curses. But over here, when it comes to when it comes to mezuzah or tefillin, it's ksaftam. Ksaftam means ksivatam, a complete writing. So just pointing out is that in this section of mezuzah, you also write the Torah's instructions for writing the mezuzah. Okay, interesting. Is Yehuda's logic because it says vekasav? Tamid Rabbi Yehuda Mishum Dechsev Alos Alos in Savaos Lo. 
Rabbi Huda's whole logic by Sotah says because the Torah by Sotah says you should write the curses. The fact that it says you should write the curses indicates to us that you write the curses, but not the instructions. It's Rechzagadayit Chamin on Nelef Ksiva Ksiva Mehasam. I might have thought that I should learn out of Xerashava Ksiva Ksiva. Mahasam Alos in Sava Oslo. Just like by Sotah, you only write the curses, you don't write the instructions. So to over here by mezuzah, perhaps I should only write about the mitzvah, but not the instructions. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, so just pointing out that by the section of mezuzah, Shabbos, what's interesting to point out is in the section of the Torah that you write to put in a mezuzah, you include in that the actual mitzvah to write the mezuzah. Right, so in other words, the, the actual the actual instruction, the actual command is actually written to be placed inside of the mezuzah itself. Okay, beautiful. Tani Rabbi Ovadja, Kamei Rava. Pasuk says, "Vlimaratam." So I'll say the pasuk says, "Vlimaratam osamas benechem." So literally, again, you will teach these things to your children. A reference to Torah. So the Gemara says, "Shiehei limudcha tam." Teaches us that ultimately, again, your limud, your learning, or in this case, it really is your writing. Or excuse me, your 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 learning or your reading should be complete. What does that mean? How do you have a complete reading? So the Gemara says, "Sheyitein revach bein hadvekim." That I will say specifically in Shema, in Shema, when you have words which could easily blend into each other, you have to make sure to pause in the reading so as to sufficiently articulate each word individually. What are some examples of this? So the Gemara says, Ani Rava Basra, I'll give you some examples. Kigon, Al Levavcha. So I will say, so remember again, what, what's unique about Al Levavcha? Two lamids, right? Al, ayin lamid, and levavcha lamid. So if you read that quickly, what does it sound like? Alvavcha. Alvavcha. In other words, because you, you could easily go ahead and like condense the two lamids into one lost sound, thereby blending the two words. So therefore, the Torah says, Vilimaratam, that when you read them, the reading has to be enunciated and articulated, and therefore, words that could easily blend together, Pause and articulate them individually. Al levavchem, bechol levavcha, bechol levavchem, esev besadcha, vavaratem mehira. In other words, whenever you have two words, right? And again, the last letter of the first word and the first letter of the second word are the same. There's a danger of blending the words together. So in those words, in those phrases, you have to make sure to pause so as to articulate the words independently. Okay, beautiful. So Rabbi says as follows. Anyone who reads Shema and is careful with the words. Careful with the words. So in other words, I take the time to read the words appropriately. I make sure not to swallow them one into the other. What does the Gemara say? Mitzaninin lo Gehenim. It's interesting. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will cool down Gehenim for you. Now, again, depending where you're coming from in life, that could be a really good thing, right? So, so, so what, what's, what's interesting to note is, you know, it's, it's just a fascinating to kind of say the dichotomy over here. On one hand, you'll have like statements like if you say Shema three times a day, you're going to Olam Habo, right? I'm sorry, Ashrei three times a day, you're going to Olam Habo. And then other statements like if you say Shema and you articulate the words correctly, Kalish Baruch will cool down Gehenim for you, which is, which is, which is something as well. Shenamar. 
every everything is based on whatever you do now is for the proofs we're getting there. So it's a little bit of a misnomer. I'm saying it's confusing when you say it's a life affirming thing. As long as you live Torah for the next life, then it's life affirming. Right? I mean, if, I mean, say it again. Meaning it's all about specifically following everything in the Torah 100% to get to all the Hava and not get into it. Meaning it is about the afterlife. It's not about the afterlife. It's about, it's about this world, but there's a recognition that this world is not the end. In other words, being focused on the afterlife is a misdirection of energy. The focus, ultimately, again, is maximizing my life in this world. Now you'll ask, but why? I'm only here for 120 years, so what? That's when the afterlife comes in. I think the mistake that sometimes people make is they minimize, in other words... When Mishnah Perki Ava says that this world is like a prosa, like an antechamber to the world to come, there's a danger in, 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 in misunderstanding that statement. The danger is in the cheapening of the existence of this world. That's the danger. So all I was just saying before, what Shashavar was trying to say before is, of course you believe in the world to come, and the world to come is eternal, where this is temporal. But all of that, all of that, ultimately, again, is meaningless if you don't maximize this. Does that, does that make a little more sense? Even if it's not an emphasis in the Chumash, like you're saying, it seems to be more of an emphasis in Mishnah and Shah. It's, it's an emphasis in Chazal. Correct. Absolutely. There's an emphasis. There's, there's an emphasis. It's literally everything. Right? Yeah. There, there's, there's what do you em- get? You get better all the time. What do you get? You get less Right, right. But here's, here's, here's what I would tell you like this is, I, I, at least what I take from these kinds of things, whenever the Gemara talks about you know, this idea, what, what, what does it mean, Mitzanah, let's go with this, like, what does it mean if you're careful with the words of Shema, Cheshbarach is going to cool down Gehenim for you? What, what, like, what, what, what does that mean? What does, it, I'm sorry? It's symbolic, right? But like, you can do everything else terribly, but if you do this right, you get something for it. Right, so like, think about that just for a second, like, just seize on that for just a second. And I think what Chazal is telling us is, is not, not like, that Gehenna is going to be five degrees cooler. And I don't think that's what it's saying over here. Right? I think like what Derek is saying is a lot of times in life in our approach to spirituality, we think that like it's all or nothing. You know, either like you're doing well or you're not doing well, right? You're doing, you're, you're, you're on board, you're on team God or you're not on team God. I think you see Gemara like this and you see, you know what? It's not an all or nothing thing. That I could be doing a lot of things wrong, but if I pull it together for one, you know what? Nothing else in my spiritual life is in order except, you know what? I say Shema nicely. The Gemara is saying, you know what? That counts. That counts. How much does... So I, 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 when I see these Gemaras, I don't actually see a message for the afterlife. I see very much like a message for this world. That even like, never fall into the trap of thinking that because you're misfiring on every single other level that what you do positively doesn't matter. It does. It does. How much does it matter? Even if something, so to speak, just cools down Gehenim. That's meaningful also. I think... Alright. What's the meaning of the juxtaposition and the pasuk ultimately again from tense from tense to or, or tense to streams or rivers? The Khsiv Gimov recalls the Pasik from 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 Khumishba Mibar. So why does the Pasuk juxtapose 
ultimately, again, tends to rivers. So the Gemara says, Just as a stream or a river could change a person's status from Tame to Tar, right? Again, if I'm Tame and I go to the Mikvah, so the Mikvah has the ability to change my status. It's so beautiful. So to the Ohel, what does the Ohel represent? Ohel represents Torah. Or presents Torah that the juxtaposition in the pasuk between tents and water is teaching me that just as water has the ability to affect purification, so too the process of learning Torah has the ability to affect purification. As I was, I just want to point out the beauty in this Gemara is it's saying it's two things over here. By the way, you see Rashi understands Ohalim to refer to Bate Midrashos, the base Medrash. The base medrash. So there are two lessons you can learn from this. Number one, just the cathartic power of Torah, which even if Torah doesn't lead to observance, and even if Torah doesn't lead to a change in behaviors, but the process itself of engaging in Torah is a cathartic one. It's a cathartic one in and of itself. But also what Rashi is saying is over here is that the oil is the base medrash. And I will say, sometimes a person should never underestimate the power of putting yourself in a positive atmosphere. You know, sometimes just, you know, th- 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 this is like a big thing, you know, one, one of the things that's happened, you know, which, which, and many positive things like of COVID, you know, is there was such a proliferation of like online learning and like a lot of people kind of stayed in that lane and that's beautiful. It's time apart. It's fantastic. The only thing sometimes you miss out on is coming into a base medrash because being in a base medrash puts you in an atmosphere of holiness, that compounds whatever else that you're doing. And one can make the argument, even sitting in a base medrash itself, even if one is not learning, by definition, one is putting themselves in an atmosphere of positivity, and that has a positive impact upon the individual. So like two lessons over here. So like the Pasik is equating, again, the tent to the stream. The stream water has the ability to transform someone who is tummy into someone who is tar. The ohel, either Torah itself has the ability to transform a person, or just the ability of putting yourself in the right circumstances, right atmosphere, has the ability to transform you as well. Let's do one more line. So the Gemara says, Somebody tells a story over here as follows. The Gemara says that if one read Shema, right, Shema out of order, right, so Bapashtos, this is not talking about the paragraphs, but rather it's talking about the psukim. If you read the verses out of order, you're not Yotze. Says the Imar Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Asi, Havukakatrin, Lake Ginana, Rabbi Lazar. It's actually very beautiful. Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Asi were literally tying the chuppah for Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar is getting married, and his friends are, are making the chuppah. Amrlohu says this, Rabbi Lazar says, right, you guys are busy. You know what? Since you guys are busy making the chuppah, I'll go to the base medrash. Let me hear what they're learning in the base medrash. And I'll go and come back and I'll tell you what they were learning in the base medrash. Okay. So they were where he got so so Rabbi gets to the base medrash. And they're going over the following halacha. That if a person is saying Shema, he made a mistake and he doesn't know where he's up to in Shema. So what should you do? So the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, parak If you're in the middle of a paragraph, go back to the beginning of that paragraph. parak 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 If you're between paragraphs, go back to the earlier paragraph. If you're in the Pasak of Uksavtem, and you're not sure is it the Ksavtem of Vyahafta or Vayaim Shamoa, go back to Vayaim Vayahafta. So Rabbi Yochanan said, 
That's only if you didn't open up, if you didn't begin the phrase of Laman Yirbu in the, in the paragraph of Vayayim Shamoah. Ava Pasach Laman Yirbu Yimeichem Sarachei Nakat Va'asi. Sorry, Sarachei Nakat Va'asi. So I will say, if you already said Laman Yirbu, that's indicative that what? That you are in Vayayim Shamoah and not in the Ahafta. So I will say, this in general is an interesting halacha, right? In this halacha Laman, so you make a mistake, you're trying, you're not sure where you're up to, since you just go back to the beginning of the section that you were in, right? You're not sure, you're in the Ksaftam of Vyahafta or in Vayayim Shamoah, go back to Vyahafta, unless, of course, you began Laman Yirbu, then again, that's indicative that you're in Vayayim Shamoah. So what happened? So Asa Amr Luhu, so Rabbi Lazar came back and he told over this halacha to Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Asi, so Amr they said to him, Ilu Lobanu El Dayenu. So beautiful. And they said to him, even had we just come, right, not to make your chuppah, but just to hear this halacha, dayenu, that would have been enough. All right, so we'll say shkoyach, stop over here for tonight. Again, same schedule for tomorrow night. Shkoyach on the tea. Incredible. Thank you. Thank you.